Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up March 4th through the 6th in Colorado. So call us today at 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, how are you, my friend? I am blessed today. Thank you for asking. That's wonderful. Well, folks, uh, as we do periodically, I just want to remind you that we are a listener-supported broadcast. Now, what that means is that the only way that you're hearing this is because there are people who have come alongside us and partnered with us financially to allow us to be able to produce these programs to be able to distribute them to listeners in over 80 countries around the world. And so if you would like to partner with us and learn about the ways that you can help us expand our reach and continue to train and educate even more individuals around the globe in what it means to live a life uh, according to biblical principles of sexuality, please visit puresexradio.com and click on the Donate button. So, Stephen, this week uh, we're going to be talking about a subject that I think comes up really often in our uh, ministry uh, and and in your counseling practice, and that is when a wife discovers that secret that her husband has been carrying, when her wife discovers the pornography, when she, you know, turns on the computer and all of a sudden the history pops up and she sees things that she never dreamed could be part of her, you know, husband's world. And we're going to try to maybe uh, unpack that a little bit. So why don't you share with our listeners where we're where we're planning on going here? Well, thank you. And I would like to introduce this topic for our discussion today because I was really blown away by a comment that I was heard. I heard by a female. Uh, I'm sorry, a comment that was expressed to me by a female. Let me get the wording right here. And uh, 
she said, um, I try often to go to Asian restaurants now because when we go out to eat, because my husband's not attracted to Asian women. Mm. I thought, what? She goes, yeah, everywhere I go now, my mind races. What's going on? What's he thinking? Who's he thinking about? Who's he checking out? And I thought that was such an extreme statement to go, I, I eat Asian food because I know he doesn't like Asian women. He's not attracted to. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. He's not trying to be degrading or racist or anything. She was just saying, in all honesty, that's a safe place for me. I can really rest. And I thought to myself how sad it is that women have to try to protect their husbands and protect themselves and be on guard. Well, as you were saying that, the first thought that came into my mind was, man, what a heavy weight, you know, to think of how her mind is racing and how, you know, this is something that I think is important to recognize just right out of the gates is that as much as we try to train men in understanding that they own their decisions, they own, they must own their recovery. They cannot blame anybody else for what they've done. Um, it is still a very real fact that they're not the only ones that carry the burden of their missteps. Yes, that's right. And, and it so it's, it's so everyone I, around. I hear that weight on that wife who's saying, now I feel we can't go to certain, you know, in her mind, she's like, I, yeah. I carry this burden that I don't know what my husband's doing, where it's in mind. And that's a heavy weight. Even though he bears the responsibility for his actions, the burden falls on more than just him. That's right. That's a good point. And, and the other part that I would build on that with is <clears throat> it's changed her whole thinking, mm-hmm. right? Now you have to be on guard. Now you have to be careful. Now you have to wonder and look and try to be ahead of and be the gatekeeper and be the protector. Hey, when does she get to be a little girl and rest and play and, and feel safe? Oh, no. If you're out of control, she's on duty. So I mean, we're having two guys are trying to have this unusual discussion. We are going to try to reflect what happens to a wife and the heaviness of what she carries. And I thought about it before we started the show. Women could be having this conversation, but then men would say, oh, they're just whining. Mm-hmm. But I want men to say this. I want men to represent what's happening to wives um, so it's heard differently. Does does that make sense? Yes, and I would even say it's it's time that men step up and bear the burden we are called to bear. This is not a burden that our wives are to bear. We are to take responsibility not only for our own our own purity, but I think I think in many ways, even scripturally, we're exhorted to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm. Who actually bears the burden even for the, the, the weight that the wife is carrying? It's supposed to be us. And so I think this broadcast, I'm hoping, will be something that not only maybe helps in terms of maybe understanding the struggle that a wife goes through, but maybe will call men out to say it's about time we step up to bear what we need to bear in protecting these ladies from this burden that is not theirs to carry. Oh, that's great. I I like that. Let's step it up, right? So here's another comment that was made. 
it's sad now, but other women are a threat. Mm. Other women have become a threat to me. These are my sisters, right? These are other females. And so now when I go out, threat is near. Yeah, it makes it, it makes just being in public competitive, right? Because now she can't just be walking, you know, on the arm of her husband without sensing that she's she's got to compete. That's it, yeah. You know, because she she knows her, her husband has had a wandering eye. He's, you know, looked at things that he shouldn't be looking at, and so it creates this confusion in her. And then it's like and and I think even when her husband is isn't around, it can create this sense of um division and even bitterness towards just other ladies that she might not even know. She's just out in public and she sees all these women as a target. Mm. Um, yeah, and I want to play right off that because I would also say, you know, women are nurturers and they want to nurture each other. It's it's part of their makeup. But when I see another female who's struggling and I want to encourage her, but now she might be a threat, then I have to stop using the gift I was given of encouragement because I don't want that woman close to me because if he's close to me, then she's close to him and he's out of control. And so I can't use my gifting because of his lack of willingness to bridle his sexuality. Mm -hmm. And that gets back to the issue of of her having to wrestle with a, a burden that shouldn't be hers. You know, she should be able to be free to nurture and to connect deeply with with some other ladies without having to always have in the back of her mind, you know, is this somebody that is going to pose a problem for my husband? Yeah, that's right. And you can hear the noise in her mind, the fear in her mind, you know, the desire to protect her marriage, herself, her relationship, the sanctity She's like overworking and he's underworking. And so I just thought it'd be useful if men sort of saw through the eyes of a woman the heaviness of an out-of-a-control man and what that does to a woman. So women have a tendency anyway to compare themselves, you know, who's smart and who's pretty and who's well-dressed and who has money. And so there's a sense of comparing that, that goes on naturally but now we have another layer of comparison, right? It's the sexual comparison and the challenge that has to now be put in the mix that just makes things heavier and scarier, uglier, dirtier. Well, and I think this idea of comparison, I think this is a human condition. I think all of us men and women do this. I think men and women do it in different ways, though. Um, you know, Stephen, you and I, we might compare ourselves to other guys and and I don't know about you, but I'm not necessarily looking at another guy and saying, hey, man, how do I, you know, I, I've long passed the days when I'm thinking, man, how do I compare physically to this guy? Or how do I compare athletically to this guy? It's more, you know, the struggle now is, hey, how do I compare, you know, what kind of cars he driving or, <laughs> hey, what kind of jobs he got, <laughs> you know, and that true. kind of stuff. And where is he on the on the ladder of success? Those kind of things. And I'm not saying that women don't do that, but I think they, they can uh, sometimes compare on a um, – if I could say almost like a deeper level. An emotional, yeah. relational maybe. Because maybe when she's feeling threatened or she's comparing herself to these other ladies, she's doing it not just on appearances, 
but what kind of appeal would this woman have toward my husband that I don't possess? And mm. and is she a threat in that way? Could she charm him in a way that I couldn't? Does she have a smile that I don't have? Does she have, you know, those, those kind of things. And, and by the way, at this point, I would love to, um, reiterate that we're two guys sitting here. Now we've had a lot of experience over the years with dealing with a lot of wives in these situations, but this is sort of the disclaimer where I say we're two guys here. Um, ladies out there, if you're screaming at the radio right now, or if you're screaming at the podcast and saying these guys are idiots, don't just turn it off and go away. Send us your comments. We, we always love to hear from, this is how we grow. This is how we learn. Um, so you can send your, your comments to my point at puresexradio.com. So while you were talking, these words keep coming to my mind, danger, fear, uncertainty, risk. When a guy is out of control using porn or inappropriate acting out behaviors, affairs, etc., risk, danger, fear, uncertainty just comes over her, floods her, rises in her. What what about her rest and her safety? I mean, that's what we're supposed to offer is a place where a woman to find rest and to be pursued and loved and known and, and almost like played with like a little girl and a little boy playing together. Contrast that to danger and fear and risk and uncertainty just by going out into the world with your husband. Well, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, and I'm not meaning to, I don't want this to sound trite or, or simplistic or anything, but generally speaking, we've heard over the years that, you know, some of the core needs that a woman has is to feel a sense of safety and security. A lot of times a core need for a man isn't so much that as it is maybe significance. And so when, you, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, this does strike at the very essence, the core of what a woman most deeply desires, which is to say, I want to feel safe. I want to feel absolutely secure in this relationship. And when you are going and doing these secretive things and you're looking at pornography and you're having these thoughts and you're straying from me emotionally, it is absolutely shaking the foundation of my womanhood. I, I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel secure in not only in the relationship, but I think she doesn't feel secure in herself. Right. I mean, it's not the relationship. It's not a safe place. And then, you know, what's interesting about this is all the unworthiness that she's ever felt in her lifetime, you now sort of stir up again within her. Mm -hmm. Anytime anybody made her feel unworthy, her body remembers, her mind remembers, her emotions remember those stories. And once again, she's the unworthy one. You know, so, so talking about worth, when, when a woman finds out a guy has to go back to porn again and again and again, her worth, right? Her, her value, her worth, her worthiness is challenged. And she says, why can't I be enough? I just want to be enough. One guy, one girl, one boy, one girl, one union, one. But no, you have to have a smorgasbord gorge fest, and you can't stop yourself. Well, I don't get this. Why can't I be enough? I thought you said, one boy, one girl, I do, us, sacred union. 
And and now you're every when you get a chance, when you're scared, when you're lonely, you run over and gorge and say, No, I want more. I want all I can have. And you know, this makes me this is not the time, guys, to um say back to your wife and say, you know, listen, these counselors told me one time that, you know, this problem was around before you, so it's not really about you and 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 so um, you know, I'm working on it. That's dismissing her pain. Um, and, and while it may be true, absolutely every single situation that we've ever seen in a marriage where a guy's secret porn struggle or sexual addiction comes out. Yes, that did not, that, that existed long before he met his wife, but that doesn't discount the reality that it still shatters her sense of worth because regardless of when your problem began, there is a, uh, there is a need for her to feel valued as the number one priority. And when you're sitting here and saying, I, I, really, I need to, you know, yes, you plus, I just want all this other stuff. It's, it's devaluing her. It's, it's showing her that she's just one of many. There's nothing really special about her. Right. And so and you can take her for granted and she'll be there and she's no big deal. And really, I see this as an issue that you and I have talked about many times on the radio here, Stephen, and that is this issue of contentment. Mm. See, what really is happening is we live in a culture here in the United States that is just absolutely fosters discontent, you know, and I mean, it's it's what 100% of marketing is all about. You know, it's like you, you can't be happy until you have that car and that house and, you know, discontent is all over the place. And that's the pitch of pornography. Pornography says one woman, what is wrong with you? One, I mean, there can't be any real satisfaction with one woman. I mean, no, you need 10, 20, 50, 1,000. And so the th- that is the mantra. That's the drumbeat of pornography. And men, I'm going to switch gears here, and I'm going to talk to the men out there. You're the ones that you have to protect yourself. You've got to protect your home. You've got to protect your wife. You've got to protect your children from being sucked into that mantra that says there is no such thing as contentment. I like what, Stephen, you said before, and this has rattled in my head for years and years and years. My God is enough. My wife is enough. Mm. I have enough. I'm content. Mm. And and if that can become the new mantra, yes. then I think we can rebuild this sense of worth in our wives when we're saying, no, there, there are healthy boundary lines that say one woman is absolutely enough. So hear what he just said, rebuild her worth. Make her feel like she's special and more than enough, right? And I think the way you do that is by setting these very hard boundaries in your life Mm. that say, no, I will not allow my eyes to go over there because my eyes are only for her. Mm, That's good. And there's a sacredness in that and a discipline in that. So we're talking about wives and how they have such internal confusion when their men are out of control. And so we're going down a little list we scratched out before we started. And one of the statements is, I can't trust myself. A wife will say, I can't trust my, myself anymore. I can't trust him and I can't trust me. And I thought, why can't you trust you? Well, I believed all this stuff was true. And now I find out he has a secret life and he has all this time and, and energy and effort. And he expends a big part of himself somewhere else emotionally. There's two hymns. I thought there was only one him. The one I saw 
There's a whole other hidden him? Oh my goodness, how could I miss this? And so there, she starts to doubt herself because he's done a pretty good job of hiding and lying and conning. And so now, what is real? I mean, do you understand how a woman has to go through such chaos? Because I thought I was special. I thought I was the only one. Now, no, there's two yous, divided, split. I didn't know that. And that's just it. And and really, what I think has happened many times uh, in this case, because I, this is one of the things that my wife went through, is uh, because a man who is hiding a secret of pornography or some other kind of sexual lust becomes an expert liar, or I could put it this way, an expert deceiver, it starts to cause a woman to second guess her God-given intuition. So just think of it this way, Stephen, just logically. Uh, I do believe God has implanted into women just this ability to sense things without having all of the facts, you know, and and men don't pretend that we have it. We don't, okay? It's a, it's a, it's a female thing. And I'm not saying that it's 100% accurate all the time, but I do think there is a sense that most women have that they can kind of feel if something's out of whack. Well, what ends up happening is if over years, this feeling that she brings to light and says, are, are you okay? Hey, how are we doing? Are, 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 what's going on? And then he on? said, fine, and fine, he's, fine And he's along. a great deceiver. He's uh. able to mask. He's able, do that long enough, and it starts to kind of numb out her ability to listen and trust that little voice inside of her. So then when the truth comes out, she's totally confused because she says, wait a second, didn't, wasn't there some kind of, I had kind of a knowledge of that, but it got so just stuffed down and so dismissed that now I don't know what to trust. Yeah, that's really good, the picture you're painting, because he can deceive better than she can perceive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because she'll have a big, a little piece of information, a thought, a worry, a little fear. She'll have a little piece of something, she'll perceive that. But he has this whole history, and so he he works extra hard at hiding it, right? And usually, a good deceiver is a great salesman. Mm. He learns to sell her on what he's telling her, to where she finally goes, "Okay, I guess everything's yeah. okay." And I like what you said. She goes numb. She sort of leaves it alone. But then later, when it all blows up, she goes, "Oh, I, why didn't I trust myself? Why didn't I listen to myself?" And that's the that's what's so damaging here is that. When the truth does come out, she actually turns on herself. When, in fact, in many cases, she was right before. Wow, that's good. So it's like a double whammy, you know. She, she. Um, when you mess up, she turns on herself. Isn't that like mm-hmm. double sad? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Not only does she have the pain of your new reality, but she ha- she now turns on herself and said, "I failed. I was stupid." I didn't try hard enough. I didn't catch it sooner, right? So I can't trust you, and I doubt me. Do you understand the chaos now mm-hmm. that's in this marriage when this whole thing blows up? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he's getting, when he gets exposed and comes out, he gets some relief, but we also know then she, her chaos begins where she has to go back and, and, and really, I've sort of wrote down, has to decide what is real. Mm. She has to ask herself this question, what is real? Because I know good man you, church man you, helper man you, likable man you, 
but now there's porn man you what what is real yeah and the the hard part about that is I, you know, I wish we could give the, the women out there this answer that says, okay, here are the three ways that you can absolutely have a guarantee that you're safe, that, that you, can, you can fully understand, uh, you know, reality, and you can fully trust that what you're seeing in your husband is now real versus what you were seeing before. And the bottom line is moving forward. Uh, in any relationship, whether you decide to stay with this man or you leave and enter another relationship, 100% of all relationships involve risk. Mm. And that's that's part of, I think, this real difficulty down at the core is here a woman has felt deceived. She's been dishonored. She's carrying this burden of the of, of shame and, and just fear and all of these kinds of emotions. And then even as she's deciding, maybe that she's seeing some changes in this man, still at the core, she has to say, it's still a risk. And and that's another burden to carry. And, and be more specific, what's the risk? To, to the keep risk, trying to go on? The risk is, is that we can never, we can never fully guarantee mm. what the future will be in our relationship. To be a perfect man, really. You yeah. can't do or that. Or a perfect either. woman. You know, it's like we can't ever guarantee. Right, but she's she's going to take a chance on a guy that's already divided, but she wants certainty, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying is And by hard. the way, just just so the wives out there can hear this, um, a husband who enters true recovery wants the same thing. He wants, he wants certainty too. <laughs> yes, that's right. To be clean and free and never have another thought or... Never, that's right. But it's messier than that. It's it, not as no, clean as that. That's great. And you know, when you were saying she's over there in pain and confused and frustrated, the other thought that popped to my mind was, who does she tell? Because mm. she wants to protect her husband and protect her marriage. Who does she tell? You know, does, does she go tell the whole family so everybody knows? I, I don't know the answer to this question right now. I'm not proposing it on the radio. But she has to go through this gut-wrenching question of who do I tell to protect my husband so he can still have some integrity later to not run around like a little girl screaming and blabbering to everything that's very adult and private, but she needs support. She has to tell Mm -hmm. some people to help her with her thought process. But women will go, I won't tell anybody, but think about how much confusion and pain they're in. Yeah, because think about it. We've already established she's carrying a burden in addition to her own and you're going to say you're just going to do that on your own? I mean, that's mm. that's a recipe for further disaster. So <clears throat> staying home is risky and going out is risky, mm-hmm. right? Because staying home is sort of access to the Internet and possibilities. And, you know, uh, where, where is the safe place really? You know, and we go out, and there's more temptation. We stay home. We have cable and a television. We have internet. We have computers. and so so everything seems to be risky in my world now, and and I just want to be safe. Mm-hmm. I just want to be at ease. But I have to live, so I'm going to go out, and I'm going to risk, as you say. I have to risk. It's adulthood. We all have to take risks. But 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 why do I have to carry? Now I have to carry your cleaning up process. While you say you're going to do better, you're probably not going to do better perfectly. And I've still got to go along with you, even along your cleaning up journey too. Mm-hmm. 
And that's just it. We are, I think we've pretty well established that there are a lot of difficult decisions that a wife has to make when she discovers her husband's porn problem. Uh, Not only just in the immediate sense of, okay, what do we do now? But even if there is then the decision on the husband's part to say, this is a problem. I really do need to get help. And he enters true recovery. And then that adds a whole new set of decisions for a wife, right? Because now she's having to say, I'm, I've already been dumped on with this news that I had a sense of before, but distrusted my intuition because of my master deceiver husband. Now the truth has come out. He's is showing maybe some evidence of wanting true change. And I feel like I'm carrying five different burdens of decision here of what to do about my broken heart, what to do about reconciliation, what to do about my relationships and friends and who do I tell. And and it's a lot to carry. And so I guess my admonition to the wives out there would be, you know, as much as possible, if you're facing this, um, you need a deep breath. And this is one of the things I want to close with is this issue of finding pockets of rest. Yes. Finding safe environments where you can find just little and, moments of rest. And safe people also. And safe people that you can lean on. And also, now the challenge is to grow spiritually and rest before your Heavenly Father. So we thank you so much for, for what you've carried, and we invite you to rest. Well, with that, we need to wrap up t- today's program. Uh, ladies, if you do need more help, we have a, uh, a wives' care department and I would encourage you to contact Gigi Hopkins at coaching.bebroken.com. And we'll see you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Pure Sex Radio.